Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Sofa Sensei's. You are joined by me, Kavan. Me, Rash. And it wouldn't be a special episode without a special guest. We are joined by Siju, the CEO, the founder, the kingpin at MMA TV. And he joins us today virtually online. So let's give him uh, a warm welcome to the Sofa Sensei's podcast on the Yaki and Saltfish Digital Network. So, Siju, thanks for joining us. How you doing? No problem, no problem. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Can't complain. Love it, love it. So, uh, first of all, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate your time. And, um, Rachel, should we get stuck straight in? Yeah, let's go, man. Let's go. So, tell us a little bit about yourself, Siju. You know, what's, what's your background? Uh, how how did you come to be in this room today to talk about MMA TV? What's your start? Um, So, we will go all the way back. So, let's let's go all the way back to the beginning. So, yeah. Growing up, obviously, lo- everybody loves football. They're all about their football life. Yeah. And then the pub with their mates, watching football on TV, all of that. I was never into it. So I never got to partake in that. Um, there was never really anything for me to do um, in regards to that sort of thing with your friends where you all get together and watch, you know, television and football on the TV and all get together. So that that was that, which is fine. Um, let me fast forward. Um, a good few years I think it was maybe I don't know early stages so there was UFC so there's a new sport UFC comes about somebody introduced it to me and um I was started watching it on TV I think it might have been on maybe even on DVDs at the time oh you're talking way back yes finally finally there's something for me to enjoy yeah it was just the second I saw it, it it gripped me and um that was it. I was watching them as often as possible. So um, then it's like, okay, this is this is this is all right. I, I wouldn't mind um, wouldn't mind trying to learn trying to learn some of this stuff. So I was at university at the time, and um, I just typed into whatever it was. I was going to say Google, but it probably wasn't Google then. It was probably <laughs> Vista or some yeah, yeah. random old school yahoo.com uh, or something. yeah something <laughs> something something old school so i typed it in anyway and um there was a brazilian jiu-jitsu club which came up milton Keynes, cool milton Keynes, fine not too far from me so um i phoned him up and spoke to the coach there he said yep no problem come down so that's it i came down started training at that moment in time i was i was a big guy um big guy I've been training like uh, boxing mm. and judo for years before when I was a kid growing up and um, I'd stopped and I was lifting weights and stuff so I run a security company at the time so I could I could look after myself went to training first day we have guys tiny they're not they're not they wasn't big at all and they were yeah. just wrapping me up you know, yeah, they're scary ones, man. They're the scary ones. <laughs> the ego, the ego is out the window because I'm talking. What are these guys? These guys are maybe 60 kilos, 65 kilos. Yeah. Um, 120 kilos. Wow. And I'm in good shape. So half of my size, literally. Mm. But it was easy work for them. That's like, wow, this is this is mad. But I was loving it. I was loving it, and I thought, Do you know what? If I could. If I could be as good as these guys and I'm big, then I'll be, un, you know, an unstoppable force. Let me, let me yeah, carry yeah. on with this. So that was it. I was hooked and I carried on training. So we fast forward maybe only, maybe only like six months to a year into into training, maximum a year, maybe six months in. And um, I was I was lucky. I think I hit a jackpot training at um, 
at that time it's called Brazilian Top Team. Um, training with a lot of champions. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a renowned, it's a renowned sort of uh, fight team, um, straight from Brazil. My coach was Brazilian, Zay Marcelo. He was literally one of the top guys there, world champion, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So he he had some good credentials, but I didn't know. It, I just rolled up at the first gym I found, so I did get mm. lucky. Um, but I was training with a lot of world champions. Um, there was Danny Batten there. There was Alexandre Zidro. There was uh, Premislaw Maslaya. There was a lot of really good guys there. So I'm a year in, say, and I'm training with all these guys. They're world champions. They're in the big leagues. But I was thinking, gosh, you guys, are, they're still working regular jobs. One was a postman. One was, I don't know, humping around TVs, delivery. I was like, geez, these are world champions but you're not getting paid and nobody yeah. really knows who you are. So I was thinking, wow, maybe I could like do a job of a good job of promoting you guys or managing you guys, looking after you. So at least you wouldn't have to work. Um, I had a, a, a decent business background. Obviously I'd already run a, 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 you know, a successful business whilst I was at uni. So I'm still in the, I think still in the first year of uni there, but I'd already started the business and I thought, you know what, I could probably use some of the skills that I've learned. Um, and manage some of you guys so that's what I did I took on a few guys and started looking after them and yeah they was doing good winning had sponsorship endorsement deals um, you know put them in a position where they didn't have to work so hard yeah and that sort of thing so it was going well so then obviously I got more 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 clients and then we're gonna fast forward probably let's fast forward let's fast forward four four or five years because at this at this stage I'm at like okay I've got some really successful guys now um, the roster's probably gone up to around 20 or 30 um, athletes under management now we're a good size people know us but there's only so many spots on TV in the big leagues like the UFC and that there's only so many spots on television yeah, this is yeah. where the guys are really getting the good money you know if you really want to change your life you really really need to be on TV but not everybody can be on television. So mm. I was like, okay, maybe I should make my own TV and then I can put these guys on that channel and then people can watch them on there. Because at the time when I was thinking about it, nobody was really doing that sort of thing. Um, there's, there's Fight Pass, but it wasn't so big. And that, yep. was, that, was, re that was really it. So um, Can I ask what year this was? Um, so this idea? would be seven years ago. So this seven. is the early days. So seven years ago from now. So we're 15, 2015. Yeah. So we're in 2015 now. Um, any experience, obviously, in the TV world or anything like that? I had. Yeah. I, I had no clue, but I thought, well, this is the only way that I'm going to be able to get these guys on TV and increase their exposure and, you know, the deals that we can do. So that's that's what I did. I went about it. Um, and then MMA TV was born. Um, I still feel quite lucky that I got that name and nobody snapped it up. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was much better than Yeah, yeah it's you know it's, it's such it's a no brainer really. But yeah, it cost a few quid, but nobody had it, so we snapped it up, and uh, we were good to go. Um, and that that was that was it. That was the birth. Obviously, I had a lot of athletes on the roster. A lot of them were very successful. We worked with all the promotions already, so I went to the promotion and said, look. Um, I'm starting a new venture. It's called MMA TV. We've already got the athletes that are obviously doing really big things. Mm. You guys will get um, uh, 
your brand out there, you'll make money because it'll be on pay-per-view. We'll split the money down the middle and let's, let's, let's do this. Everybody said yes, every single promotion. I was working with all of them in the UK and Europe and that was it. So all the ones were streamed online and people Love went and paid, and, and, paid, and paid to watch the fights. We got exposure and we got the fighters on the platform that we needed and uh, and that was it. And from then on, it, it, it grew it grew and grew and grew and I didn't really think it would grow to the to the size that it has now where we have deals obviously not only with pay-per-view not only with um you know uh mma tv app and subscription we also have linear television channels which is 24 7 people can mm. watch it at home on their on, on their proper tvs so i didn't think it would grow to the to the to the size it has but yeah it's it's, it's got legs and it's running now so yeah that's the full that's literally the full story love that so thanks for the for the overview what we're going to do is we're going to get in some detail across across that whole journey so yeah at the start you mentioned about you know not supporting a football team now yeah. i i um i'm in the same boat right so football was never my sport either um okay. i did my, my brothers they had a, a bedroom uh back there which was like covered in like Manchester United wallpaper, Manchester United bed sheets, Manchester United curtains. They were obsessed, but I just never, I never caught on for me personally. But equally, when I caught, um, I think it was Floyd Mayweather versus Ricky Hatton was the first sort of boxing fight that was in my face. And I thought, this is really interesting. Two guys talking it out and, and doing all this trash talk and they're going to fight. Like, this seems really, really cool. Caught up with that fight. Floyd Mayweather wins. Floyd Mayweather must be good. Like, is he, is he, the, is he the best? And all, all these sort of, questions and answers and then we're talking i think it was 2009 i think david hay becomes the heavyweight champion in the world so that's like the british guy young uh champion this is great heavyweight champion does that mean they're the best ever the scariest person the baddest man on the planet is the title is and all that's really captivating and then fast forward to uni uh the conor mcgregor era starts just around that time so mma is is now a new obsession and all these sorts of things so obviously you mentioned about the dvds that caught or the videos that caught your attention in terms of mma do you remember what that first fight was um i would assume i don't feel like i would have watched the uh hoist gracie versus well he versus a lot of people i don't feel like it was that but i did go back and dive into that i don't know what the first one would have been but i would assume it would be someone like chuck Liddell and yeah Tino yeah, yeah. Or, cool. or something like that i don't remember the first one but we went back in history and watched all the, all of them ones, you know, yeah. and, and up to the recent ones. But it was definitely that sort of era where Chuck Liddell was fighting Tito Ortiz. So if it wasn't for the first one, then it was definitely like, you know, the, the second one for sure. I was around for a while yeah. while the second one came about. Love that. And um, what what if you could delve into your own mind, what do you think it was that captivated you about that sport? Um, I, I, I like individual sports. I'm not, right. I don't like team sports so much because I don't want to be the guy that's putting in all the work and we either, we either win or we lose, you know, yeah. but it's not, it's not on me. So I'd rather be, it's on me. If I win or lose, then it's my own fault. So I, I, that's, that's how I like it. So because that's the position you're in when you're fighting in mixed martial arts, all the pressure's on you. And I like that. And I grew up in mixed martial I, I grew up in martial arts. I grew up boxing and I grew up with judo and I was I was decent at both of them. So it was a natural progression to find something at some point along the way. And it wasn't really judo and it wasn't boxing because I wasn't fully into them. Otherwise, I would have carried on doing them. Mm. But mixed martial arts, the, well, that's what I've done. It's groundwork and it's stand up. You can't really go wrong with that. So 
The first time I heard about um, MMA and UFC was, you remember BST? Yeah. Yeah. The gym. I remember that, like going earlier, probably secondary school time now. Everyone's talking about new gym open up BST. You can learn all this fighting, different types, all in one. That's when that's when the hype was for me, to be honest. Okay. That was well, I'm, well, I'm the founder of that gym, so uh, there you go. Yeah. Go yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I remember that, that man. We, we can go into that. That that was that was after the management style. I also wanted a, a place for my for my athletes to train. Yeah. And um, I was thinking, oh, you know what? I've been to Vegas a lot of times, and uh, Randy Couture had a really, really nice gym. Yeah. The best of its kind. I used to go there all the time. Always used to go to Randy's gym. I was like, Do you know what? I'm just going to recreate this gym. I'm basically going to copy it and bring it to England. And nobody's got one as big as it, as nice as it. I made sure we done everything the best. And yeah, we grew that gym. And yeah, I brought in the, the, every single coach um, from 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 day one, really. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> so no way. So what? Um... You helped build BSD, the gym? Yep, from scratch, from day one. Yep, no I'm, the found, I'm the founder of BSD, Blood, Sweat and Tears, Mixed Martial Arts. Yeah. Go on. Is, are you still involved with the with the, the new, is it Bostock Avenue, is it? Is it no, 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 no. It's Bostock it, House. New Sainsbury's, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, Greg is the, uh, he, he runs it all. He runs it all. So I've never actually, I never actually run the gym. Um, mm. I always had like partners and stuff but yeah Greg's the man he he he's doing a great job down there right now so yeah one thing I'll say about um BST as well is MMA stuff aside it's the best equipped gym in Northampton yeah. if, if you're if you're if you're not interested in any of the martial arts but you just want to lift weights it's the best equipped one as well so that that's always really and it's interesting because you mentioned you know you wanted to do it the best and you want to make sure we had the, the best facilities um what how how long has that been part of your DNA because I'm sensing a theme where, you know, it, it, it could be easy to complain about the problem, but you're really invested in being a part of the solution. So when when did that become part of your DNA and part of who you are? Or has that always been the case? Um, well, I think, I guess it's always been in my DNA, I guess. Um, I'm one of them ones that I don't, I, I never really think about, you know, any of the issues. I think, okay, if I want to do it, then I'll just do it, which is exactly the situation I'm in now. Even now, seven years in, I'm not claiming to be some big TV executive, even though I'm in a position that maybe that's something that I could be jumping up and down about. I don't feel like I know enough about mm. the TV the TV world, but I know what I like and I know what the fans want. And if anybody glimpsed of the, you know, our 24-7 linear channel, I built that channel up with my with my bare hands. You know, everything on there is absolutely amazing. If you watched it and you're an MMA fan, you will be absolutely loving that channel um, mm. and it will continue to go like that and you ain't got to pay a dime or a penny for it it's got premium content we're on samson um samson tv plus channel 4560 if any of you have got a samson Love tv down. set yeah yeah check it out because it really is a, a top-notch channel it's got pure premium content on there we don't hold anything back we're not trying to put that behind a paywall it's got lots of decent stuff on there so i just dive into it and it's the same with the management I was only training for a little while before I got involved with that, and I just went on head first and and just and just steamed in. And you have your issues and you have your problems, but I love solving problems, and it's definitely the journey that I enjoy. Yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I suppose let you into a secret now. Rochelle and I we we've never owned a TV company or a security company. So. On a real level, we were interested in getting a little bit behind the scenes of how that all works. So that security company, which, by the way, you said you set up 
during uni, is that right? Yeah, first 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 year in uni, I was here for six months and uh, yeah, helped a friend out. Didn't want to do it though. I wasn't into it, I wasn't up for that at all. I didn't want to be a security guard mm. uh, or a doorman, because that's what it was at all. Helped him out one week. Then obviously he's like, oh, you do me a favor the next week, helped him out next week, next week, oh, can you help me out again? Mm. And it's sort of like, you know, you're there after, you know, after three weeks, four weeks, you know what he's going to ask, decent money. And then after that, it was um, helping, no, helping, yeah, helping the owner. He's like, oh, can you get a couple guys for me? So now I helped out. Now he wanted me to help get a couple guys. So I got a couple guys. They liked a couple guys. After that, I was like, do you know what? I can help you get a couple of guys, but I'll need to basically charge you for it. Mm. <laughs> so Absolutely. he's like, yep, no problem. You can you can charge us for it and you can pay them what you want. Obviously, the difference is mine. Great. Mm. That was it. I owned my own company from then on and started, you know, doing the same thing on a, on a brighter scale. And from that time, within the next probably two two years, it went from me to 300 people. So, and that was up That's and down the country. Crazy. So, yeah, yeah, that was, that you was my the, first. You, you did that uh, during uni as well? Yeah, well, Northampton. So that's what it is. I, I wasn't from Northampton. I went to uni in Northampton, and that's where I that's where I started. Yeah, um, same here. Yeah, what did you study? Accounting and finance. Same here. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah <laughs> that's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So, yep, that's the course I done, um, you, and I stuck around. You think um, the course helped you run your businesses and um, the financials? I don't think so <laughs> because I have an accountant. I have an accountant. Yeah. So um, it didn't really help me um, in that aspect where I'm sat there doing my own accounts, mm. but it definitely, it was a, it's a hard course. It's not a joke course. That's a proper course. 100%. There's no one, because I go to uni and I can lift up the curtain. Uni is quite easy for people. If they think it's really yeah. tough, it's not really that tough. But there's certain courses that are really difficult, and that is one of them. You can't mess around. You can't take notes into your to your exams or anything like that. Yeah. You're doing a proper three-hour course, and you've got nine, 10, 11 exams to do, and that's difficult for anybody. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it helped me to know that, you know what, I can probably do anything, but I wasn't sitting there doing trying to do my own accounts and stuff like that. I had an accountant from day one doing all of that stuff, but... Yeah, I suppose it helped me with, with finance and know what I'm doing, but I wouldn't say it was a core thing. So let's, let's if you don't mind, a couple more details on, so what are some of the challenges that, that come along with a security business then? And what what are the day-to-day -day things that you're encountering? Because, you know, I can imagine, I can only imagine managing 300 people all across the country, bars with different locations, different clientele, different expectations. You're 18, 19, 20, I'm imagining. Yeah, it's probably around, yeah, like, like, yeah, nine, yeah, nineteen, yeah, at the time. Yeah. So you're a teenager, not yeah, to minimise. Nobody knew. Because I was pretty big. Yeah. People <laughs> so yeah, yeah, thought yeah. I was older than I was, and they're probably still <laughs> shocked now. They see me now, and they're like, "Geez, you have an age," and they're like, me, <laughs> and I'm still young, way younger than them. They're yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on? So yeah. So what's yeah. it teaching you then? What What are the sort of core fundamentals that it's teaching you day in day out? Oh, oh, a lot. Yeah, a lot. Those businesses are very. They are difficult. When you're managing people, it's a very difficult thing. To, you, you never master it because you've got so many people and everybody thinks that it's only their issue when it's them. Oh, oh I'm going to go in sick tonight. They think it's just them. But everybody's got that same mentality. Before you know it, there's 30 people going sick. 
in one night and now you've got some serious issues trying to solve that making sure that you've got the cover for the work but in the earlier days i think the most the most hardest thing that hit me was regulation um mm. at the time i started i was lucky that i ran towards the regulation which was um the badges when i first uh, yeah. started there was a lot of thugs around big guys mm. most of them have been in trouble they're more fuggy want the fight i brought a different sort of flavor to it because again i used to go to vegas a lot and i used to see how they used to operate very smart very smartly dressed very cool more talking and more skillful so i was training at the time as well so i made sure that all the guys that i had were more trained i used to train them on the weekends so oh, like mate. on a sunday i would train them all up to do like Brazilian mm -mm. jiu-jitsu and get them so that they know how to do like holds and locks so it's not like oh, i'm gonna punch him in the face and knock him out you know Leg lock him on the corner, like that. let's <laughs> restrain him or let's talk to him first because you need to be able to be polite mm. and smart because i got a, i got a lot of the guys from uni be polite be smart talk to them nicely and things will be okay if you do need to you know eject anybody then you do it in a very controlled and calm manner obviously the bars like it because it was night and day to what they're used to yeah so everybody had a badge because nobody had criminal records or been in trouble with the law so we was just a completely different sort of company to a lot of the ones that the, the town had been used to so we run towards the regulation we we're all badged and then what happened everybody had to have a badge we were up we were ahead of the game all our guys are badged so we got a lot of work with that um and the same with the sia when that really started to hit so we were light light years ahead but what did happen is we needed another level which is the iso 5000s and the, the just the hardcore sort of big business qualifications mm. and stuff that you needed so we went to this really big meeting um i think it is whitbread which ran all the Weatherspoons and mm. all of those type yeah. of bars went to a massive meeting in birmingham with that had a couple of bits of paperwork but nothing major got there they're asking me all this stuff we need this we need that iso 9001 i have no clue what that is mm -hmm. yeah it probably looks very silly but i didn't know what any of the stuff was bs this and bs that <laughs> like yeah, I haven't got any of that. So I had a lot of bars at the time because I didn't have the work. We lost the contract, which was a good few bars that we had. Lost wow. a whole heap of money, a whole heap of work. Effectively in two weeks time, you're done. It's like, oh, wow, you know, this is crazy. So that was probably one of the biggest challenges going through that. It, it wasn't the early stages, but it was in the middle. You know, we built up quite a big company at that point and it just mm. was like, seemed like it had to rug pulled under our feet immediately so that was really challenging i would say learning that and to run in towards regulation the learning process there allowed us to grow into a into a into a really good sized company and yeah i think that helped us the most in order to carry on in business wicked thanks for that background as well that's that's, that's no really problem. um it's informative because i think what it helps me understand now is I'm seeing the link between security and combat sports in general. You know, when you was talking about training the guys up, I thought, wait there, um, Julian Francis. Do you remember the guy outside Box Park yeah. in, in Wembley? I think it was yeah. Um, yeah. former boxer, fought Mike Tyson. And um, he was really, really patient until he felt in danger. Yeah. And I think 
you could see the level of training that he had. And obviously since then, uh, he's been completely vindicated. Uh, preemptive strike, I think it was called. His employer's yeah. got him back. He's got his badge. Everything's fine. But yeah. that was a massive viral moment for combat sports and for security, for security work. Yeah. And yeah. I think um, it's really interesting now looking at your journey, how closely the two uh, industries interact. So in your experience then, would you say that a lot of doormen are trained or 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 is it just a size thing uh, in your in your experience i would say normally it's a size thing i don't believe many are trained even till to especially today actually i wouldn't say the the the, the sort of game has gone backwards in my opinion rather than forwards um at least when i was doing it the money was really good less competition yeah. These days, people know they can get a badge and they can get a job. Yeah. So they're just doing this, doing the course to get the badge, to get the work. It doesn't mean they're qualified. They're normally, yeah. you know, untrained guys, probably not normally not even big guys these days. So what happens then, the price that you get paid goes down. Mm. So now back in the day when you're getting 15, 20 pounds an hour, well, you've got some guy that just done the course and he'll charge you seven pound or eight pound an hour yeah yeah this is so so this is no good then the people want to pay the company 10 pounds an hour <laughs> so you've got no choice there's no leeway in it and yeah. you don't get the quality of the staff and that's uh you know that's an issue in my in my opinion take us to that venture into mma then um so you're training uh, you've yeah. got this, this business experience under your belt. What's the problem that you're seeing? I know, I know you mentioned, you know, um, uh, pay of, of fighters, which is, yeah. to be honest, still a topic of conversation now, yeah. even in the biggest so, leagues. Um, yeah. But like, because we see it as guys show up, they fight and they get paid. That's all yeah. we really know. Even like know a little bit about sponsorship and how it's changed now, with particularly with the UFC um, and, and the uniform policy, how that's affected their sponsorship and that sort of stuff. But yeah. what's it like outside of, of the UFC? What is payment like? What are the payment structures like for uh, fighters? Um, it dep- again, it depends where you go, but the, the payment is always pretty low until you get to a decent sized league. Uh, when you're in a decent sized league, then obviously the pay is, it, it gets better. Mm. All it depends on is ex- exposure and what sort of character you are, really. If you can bring the numbers in, then you're going to get paid decent money. If you've got good exposure on television, social media, then your pay will go up in relation to that. And that is really the bottom line. Um, and it's still the case now. Look at Conor McGregor. Mm, he's not he's the that, yeah. fighter in the world because he's got the best character in the world. Yeah. That's up in the cage. Um but he doesn't even need to back it up in a cage now. He just needs to carry on with a persona and he gets paid more than anybody else. Yeah. And this, this is the game. As long as you've got good exposure, which, you know, goes back to the whole point of what, what we were trying to do, then you get paid more. So how did you go about boosting that persona? Well, when you're on television, people watch you. When you're not on TV, nobody can watch you, even if they want to. So mm. that addresses that off the bat. So then... Now you can't be seen. It's a dark sport. Now mm. you can be seen because we brought it to the light. So instantly you're more popular. Um, for us, we've got people like, you know, um, if you go onto our YouTube channel, MMA TV, you'll see the views there with, 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 with the athletes. Plenty of athletes that's been on our channel have been signed to the big leagues just because they've got 6 million views. 
on mm. YouTube and they've been mm. seen everywhere. Some people are like, oh wow, who's this guy? God, he's got six million views. He must be popular. Let's let's sign him. You know what I mean? Let's get him on on the thing. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to boost the exposure and character of the of, of the athletes and uh, make sure more people can see them. Yeah. Are you coaching them along, or are you are you identifying the characters and, and giving them a platform, or is it a matter of you creating these characters? So me personally, I I I I, I will look for the best for the best athletes, and I'll bring out their character, even nice. if they are quiet. They have a character. It's a quiet character. If as long as people see them, that helps with the development of their character, and mm. that's it. I don't look for a character who can't fight. That's no. That's never going to be any good. And it's not what I do. I bring on people that, you know, for the management side of things, that can fight. And we bring out the character. Well, TV would be different. TV, you want characters, you know. But then you would put them in a different position where it's not necessarily about the fighting. It's about outside of the fighting. So stuff like find a star, fighters go dating. This includes combat sports athletes, but it's not geared in the cage. It's more outside of the cage. And this is what I'm bringing the casual fans on. Um, and have an interest into combat sports and mixed martial arts. So you may say uh, casual fans, you may say armchair experts, you may say couch coaches, or you may even say sofa senseis. Uh, we're definitely, I think, your target market for the the fighters go dating type of show. Um, yeah. Rachel, I know you got a few questions about that. Um, yeah, before that, I was going to say you had the idea in 2015 about yep. the MMA TV. How did you actually? What did you do first thing? Like, I I wouldn't know how to start up a business or the links who'd you call did you get any advice any mentors um no nah, i wish that would have been great i'd have a mentor now <laughs> <laughs> um we just have to dive in dive in head first so um technology was the first initial thing had to get the technology right had so many nightmares with that so many nightmares um that was a really difficult thing to overcome but it took probably three years to get the technology exactly how we want it. What do you mean by technology? What sort of things so, are we So imagine this, about? we need to stream an event on the internet when no one's streaming events on the internet. So we got to figure out how we're going to stream it. We've got to figure out how we're going to do it. I don't really know. I haven't got a clue. We have to go on the internet, Google it, and try and find out the best way of doing it. Mm. Trial and error, trial and error, trial and error, trial and error mess up mess up mess up till you get mm. it right probably took us three years till we got it right got a good team together knew what they're doing and then that takes the you know the problems and the issues off of that so that's what we that's what we did there um yeah we, we, that was the toughest part it's always the toughest part and now we're live well, it was live then but now we're still live and it's not like oh yeah it'll be fine things always go wrong when it's live <laughs> yeah. anything can happen so we've still got the stresses we're not like in the in the like easy lane, it's still stressful. Every event that we do, we just have a lot more events. We have a lot more experience, and yeah, it is a lot more stress, but there's still an element of stress there. Give us an idea, if you can, of the scale of um, the team, the production team in particular. You know, who yeah. who's managing this technology, and so the production team, we have maybe ten people. So 10 people will be taking care. So when we do production team, so we're going, we're filming, we're doing everything. So yeah. we, we go from top to bottom. So we go there, we film events, wherever it is, can be around the world. We've been to, you know, Italy before, we've been to UAE before, we've been all over. So they go there, they film it, 
that team will take care of the actual production of the events. Then we've got a separate team which will take care of the streaming of the events. And then we've got the uh, back house which will then take care of um, all the content that we get from the streaming and push it out there to our events in real time. So everybody has a place. Everybody knows what they're doing. And at this point, it's quite, you know, I don't have to really think about it. I know that it will be taken care of. So it's That's a lot a less thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's, if, oh, it's, it's hard, you know, 100% of the battle, really. It, it's so stressful. Mm. If I have to think about anything, it drives me crazy, really. <laughs> if if money was no object, is there any element of that production world that you'd outsource? Or do you like doing it in-house? I, I would I would outsource it all. <laughs> yeah, because... I, I, would outsource, I would outsource it all. I would, there's so much thing I would do if money was not an issue, because mm. money, money is always an issue in this game. Yeah. It's a very, very expensive thing self-funded by myself still till today it's very very expensive if i had infinite amount of money mm. it would be easy it yeah. would be easy i would just sew everything up i would I'll buy the rights to everything that i'd want to buy the rights to and that would be that mm. you know but we got to go the, the long route the reason i ask is because um so keeping an eye on, on, on boxing a couple of years ago matchroom boxing were with sky uh, yeah. Sky produced all the content. They were the, you know, like I said, the producers are everything. Matchroom just provided the shows. They were paid to provide the shows. Yeah. Uh, but Sky made the content surrounding those shows. Yeah. The, Matchroom decided to move to the zone. Um, and one of their key reasons they said was because they wanted to control the um, the production themselves. Actually, as it happens, um, Eddie Hearn's sister is the head of production at Matchroom. So it makes sense to keep it all in-house because they all get to make more money effectively. Yeah, um, so it was interesting to see, you know, your perspective based on on that story there in public. But obviously, Matchroom are an outfit with a silly amount of money. I mean, you know, their, their accounts are public. It's just, it, it's just silly. Uh, the Anthony Joshua era definitely propped them up and um, I'm sure they'll be grateful to him for a long time. But um, yeah, it's, re- it's really interesting looking at the difference between boxing and MMA because I feel like as great as the UFC have been for MMA, and I'm grateful as a fan, as a sofa sensei, I'm definitely grateful to the UFC. It does make the barrier to entry uh, a lot higher for, for other organizations, I feel, because of the positioning that the UFC has and, and, and how few positions there are across the whole game. Does that resonate with your experience at all? Um, well, there's a couple of different questions there. Um, let me go to UFC because that's definitely my area of expertise. Yeah. They've written the blueprint for how you how you run this sort of game, how you run things. Um, people can copy it and people should copy it, but people don't seem to be able to get it right for whatever yeah. reason. Um, you don't need an infinite amount of money to do what they do, but you need to have a, an emphasis and focus on quality um, and storytelling. And I feel like that's where most people slip up. Um, it's very, I, I tell you who does it good in boxing. Obviously, I'm sure you've watched the Mayweather countdowns, the 24-7. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Showtime. It's yeah. part of the whole fight. We're all waiting for them. I am. I'm waiting for them. 100%. UFC do it great as well. The countdown shows they do. Embedded, embedded amazing. Shows. Yeah. Exactly. This is it. Who, who else? Who else is doing it? Jeez. Yeah, yeah. It's. A, I mean, you see, this is the thing. You see it with the odd super fight. So you yeah. might even see it. Okay, um, Eubank Ben. We saw a couple, you know, build ups there, but it's not consistent. So yeah. you can't really buy into the grassroots. Whereas if I'm watching, you know, uh, 
280 um, embedded, those five episodes, I'm seeing guys on the undercard that I would have never, never otherwise have encountered. And I'm invested in them now because they did this random thing like pack a rope with their suitcase. And now I want to see if that brought them good luck or not. Those little details there are really, really great. And I think, um, I think, you know, judging by by the sort of things you're trying to do with MMA TV, um, you're definitely on the right path to try and capture us as an audience. Um, and I think that brings us perfectly back round to fighters looking for love. So, yeah, fighters dating. When did you get the idea for that? <laughs> right, this is we're blasting so much stuff out. So I'm on the whole team now. Give me ideas. Mm. You know what I mean? Anyone that wants something, give me some idea. I'm I'm trying to get ideas for everyone because you know, letting the box out the bag, content moving forward is a major, major thing for us. And yeah. we want all the different ideas we can because that's the only thing that's going to bring people in consistently. Everybody wants new stuff. Fighters go dating. It will be fun. It will be a laugh. There's always some. Cra- there's already some crazy characters on there. I can't wait to get it out there. But that's just one thing. I, I, I want as much as I can get. If it's up to me, I'd have... 10 new shows a month coming out you know yeah. <laughs> and i'm building a i'm building an additional team now just to just to get this content and to keep things pumping out so yeah fight skills dating that come about just by brainstorming you know we've got a few ideas and we're brainstorming all the time to, to you know to make new stuff how were the fighters um any fighters you asked for how were they how did they take that well we had we had we actually had a casting call so we put it out like we always do same with find a star we have a casting call. Um, the team put out a casting call, put it in the papers, put it online, et cetera, et cetera. And then we get the applicants in. And then my team deals with the applicants and then we pick, you know, a select few. Uh, and that's how and that's how we run it. So I can't wait to watch it. When, when does first, it release? I'm hoping to get it I'm hoping to get it out by the end of the year. So let let's let let's see how that pans out. Yeah, let's see how that pans out. But I'm hoping by the end of the year, because I just want to keep keep going. I want to get, you know, the next season of that out ASAP. So I need that time to run. So I want to get it done as soon as I can. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I can see a number of shows. Fighters go cook, uh, fighters do cooking, baking, everything. I can see <laughs> exactly. <it. laughs> see, we're gonna keep it rolling. This is the thing. We keep it rolling. Any ideas, you you, you let me know. You message me and we'll we'll get it done. You know, we'll, we'll, get it we'll done. give you a shout. hundred percent. We're coming up with things all the time that like we we again if money was no object and time was infinite the amount of things we'd be doing but yeah you, you, you have to you have to pick your battles right yeah and i yeah. think i think you're picking the right battles i think in, in creating characters around these fighters um because those fighters can and, and will go anywhere but yeah. mma tv can equally go anywhere as well and produce content around anything around these fighters even following their journey up to you know wherever the ufc's the, the flagship one like 100%. dana white's 100%. looking for a fight is one of my best piece or favorite pieces of content yeah. Just, just that grassroots looking for content, and then when you're in an area doing fun things around that area, um, even BST for a day, those little things. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll um, yeah, we'll give you a shout, and we'll, we'll, we'll share some ideas. Yeah, hundred percent. Let me know. Let me know. On it. Um, one thing we've we've gone we've gone consistently back to is the character that a fighter needs to be. Um, so a quick question for you, Siju, is um, I think to be honest with you, as Sofa Sensei's. Rochelle and I probably both wanted to be fighters at one point in our lives, right? 100%. But um, <laughs> it just, it hasn't happened. It won't happen. I'm, I'm not, I'm not that brave, right? I'm not that brave. That's, that's, okay. that's me being honest. But what would be your fighter nickname? I don't think I'd have one. You wouldn't have one? Oh, wow. That's. I've, I've, I've fought plenty and I haven't got a nickname now. So <laughs> I don't think I'll get one out of the blue now. I, I, mean. 
I hear that. I hear that. I mean, okay. So what what are some of the, what are some of the best nicknames you've heard of all the fighters you've encountered? What's some of the be- best nicknames? Um, best nicknames. I don't know. I'm not too sure. I don't know. It's, it's a difficult one. Um, the best nicknames. I don't know. I like the Ice Man. That sounds good. Chuck Adele. Yeah, no, yeah. That's, 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 that's decent. You know what I mean? I think Ice it's better Man, than the... It sounds Rampage the Jackson. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, that, that works all the time. Did you think his name's actually Rampage until you realise <laughs> it's not? Yeah, I, I like that. You know, I like that. That, that That's cool. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. I mean, some of the ones that um that aren't so good. Huntington Beach, bad boy. Didn't think that was that great. Uh, preferred the Ice Man for sure. Um, and Garnet's got a cool one. The Predator. The Predator. That's yeah, scary. That's, that's scary. That was good, yeah, especially when he had the long dreads. That was yeah, that, yeah, that was yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Rochelle, what about you? What would be your, your your nickname? You know, I'm on the same boat. You know, after you said it, no nickname, and I want everyone to know my name. I ruin it, and I'm fine. I want yeah. them to know. So probably no nickname. You know, I did say R dot, but that's just a funny play on. Sorry. That's a dead. No. Yeah. But I don't. Say? I don't would be great for you. I don't, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rochelle's last name is Care, so, you know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Rochelle! I don't care. Um, yeah, for me, I mean, it's got to be something like Lion, right? Because my last name is Brian, so it's got to rhyme. There's got to be that rhythm there. It's got to be Brian, I think. Or Lion, sorry. Lion. I don't know. The Lion. The Lion, no, that's cringy. No. Right? Well, man said R dot, though. Come on. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, it's been really great talking to you. So um, what we're going to do is uh, we'll end the show there, but we've got we've got a bonus episode as well. So that was just like six um, questions. Yeah, so make sure. Oh, you still there? Oh, I think connection might have got us. But I'm here. We- oh, wicked, wicked. So we'll catch up with Sidhu next week where we ask him our bonus questions, getting to know him a little bit more, who his influences are, and who has the most potential in his life. So make sure you tune in next week for that. But until then, that has been Sofa Senseis on the Aki and Saltfish Digital Network. You've been joined by me, Kavan. Me, Rash. And Sidhu from MMA TV. Make sure you check them out. And uh, yeah, it's been fantastic talking to you. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. If you want to get in touch with us, please don't hesitate to contact us on Sofa Senseis uh, on Instagram, Aki and Saltfish on Twitter, or email Aki and Saltfish at gmail.com if you've got any questions or comments. See you next time.